Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can help the show financially by going to the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com website and clicking on either the Amazon.com or Fanatics.com banners to the right before shopping online. Now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! Orr fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson. Back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for episode 65 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, brought to you by Grandstand Sports Network, um, the best view in sports. I'm super excited to be back because uh, this is the, the the show before the season starts when it kicks off on Thursday as the Boston Bruins are set to take on the Nashville Predators in game one of the 2017-18 campaign. i got to welcome back my two favorite co-hosts uh, recently from um, vacations, uh, Court. Welcome back. And uh, Rob, uh, welcome back to you too, sir. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank you. So, how was your time off? Was it good? Amazing, yeah. Yeah, I, I bet you Norway's beautiful. Yeah, just a totally different world. Nice, and 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 the golf links down in Florida court. Uh, was it, I'm not I'm not gonna lie, it was too hot. Oh yeah, I, yeah. That's when. Yeah. It's still that time of year that down there. It just, I mean, I I'd, I'd like to go down in November, but. Just because of the heat factor, I'm not. I'm not a big heat guy. I, I mean, I could yeah, basically live in a, in a hockey rink, but it was uh, it was 92 degrees. Yeah. At one point. Well, on the course, it was. Uh, you, you sweat a lot. <laughs> Getting that off season rust though, right? Yeah, 
Ready for hockey talk? Oh, big time. Nice. Oh, yeah. All right, well, we, let's just jump right into it. Um, we haven't talked, uh, I haven't talked to you two about this, uh, uh, passing that contract. Real quick, we love it, don't we? Oh, big time. Yeah. I mean, this was, a, such, yeah. this was such a steal, and I've been talking a lot lately with, on other shows that I've, I've been on. Um, you know, I, I said that I'd like to see $6 million. Six for six. I think we were all in an agreement on that, right? Yep. But... You know the reports come out that you know and these 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 higher um, Boston sports writers are, are claiming uh, seven and seven five number, which is not out of the realm of him getting a decent contract because he's well worth that. But to come in only six hundred thousand dollars more than the Bruins were offering, uh, I thought it was a great steal, and it's going to look really good in the salary cap. Looking forward to the uh, future when uh, when big names come up uh, after the entry level deals are done. So. Uh, win-win for both both sides. I was actually in shock. I I personally did think it was going to be that seven million dollar range. Um, I thought uh, Sweeney uh, stole one here. Yeah, for sure. Put a lot of the uh, put a lot of the Twitter haters of Sweeney to bed for a while. That's <laughs> for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'll see what happens if they're awake and um, uh, on Thursday when the season kicks off and. Uh, this is exciting. I mean, we've we've had a really good off season. A lot of good things coming up. Um, so not only for the website, but the uh, the podcast itself. So we're ready for 2017 and 18. Um, uh, preseason record. I liked I liked what I saw. Uh, they went four and three. Uh, uh, more importantly, during the preseason, they won all the home games uh, at TD Garden, which was really good. But uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dissect uh, the home and loss record, but more or less it's it's about the kids, uh, about players getting opportunities to uh, push and challenge for positions. Um, uh, I'm curious what you guys if you guys had a chance to see any of the preseason games, what were your thoughts and uh, uh, standouts? Uh, I, I saw the highlights of all the televised ones. Um, I, I thought the Bruins played really well. I think in the losses they were quite unlucky. Um, I, th- I think it's the first off season for a long time where we didn't know how many jobs were up for offer, and it was kind of a whoever's best out of the rookies is pretty much guaranteed a job, which was good to see. Um, and there weren't that many invites. I mean, Teddy Purcell was the only. Camp invite wasn't it for the Bruins? Yes. Which usually there's one or two, and they're pretty much guaranteed a job. So uh, it it was really entertaining to watch, and especially with a, a guy like Bjork, who's we we've never seen play NHL players before, um, and some like seeing DeBrus play against some NHL players was good. Uh, seeing the battle for the 6th and 7th D spot was fun to watch. I think all in all it was a really entertaining preseason. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Um, uh, Anders Bjork uh, looked like he belonged and uh, Cassidy has all but uh, said uh, he's on the team. So uh, I don't think he has uh, much to worry about with regards to uh, making the roster or not after uh, 
I think it was yesterday or the day before when they interviewed Cassidy and he he uh, he pretty much said that uh, Bjork has made the club. Um, I think uh, DeBrusque looks like he's going to make it. I know a lot of people thought that uh, Jesse Gabriel was going to make it, but uh, I had my doubts uh, from the Bay Area game just solely for the fact that uh, he really would benefit from another year down in Providence. It's not going to hurt him. Uh, they have other players on the roster right now that can fill that role that he was going to fill. And he wouldn't have got the ice time that he needs to develop playing on the, on the Bruins this year at all. Just, just in my opinion. Yeah, I have to agree on that. Um, and he really didn't play much for the Providence Bruins last year. So, uh, for, I mean, Gabriel is a good player fast. He's, he's an agitator. He's got that Martian speed and style not only to get under your skin, um, that, that kind of factor, but I just, I, 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 jumping from the, the WHL and, and doing off-season camps and stuff like that is always good for a future, you know, a, you know, aspiring professional player. But it's a jump to the NHL that kind of made me think that it wasn't going to be realistic because he didn't get any games in the AHL last season. I mean, he might have gotten yeah. one. So... Uh, he's definitely going to be a player that's going to benefit from uh, a year in Providence. And and that Providence team, with all the cuts lately, is setting up to be a monster. Um, you, oh, yeah. want, you want to see a replenished uh, Providence Bruins team. This is the one you're going to want to pay attention to. Yeah, um, their decor is just crazy right now. Um, I think the top six is going to be have more rookies in it than any other AHL team. It it just looks nasty. And I mean, there's, there's still players that might go down yet. I know we're going to touch on that later on. Uh, but it, it's good to see that the NHL team is bursting with potential. So is the AHL team. I mean, there's, there's depth there for call-ups. It's really exciting to be a Bruins fan right now. I, I honestly think that uh, if certain contracts weren't on this club, um, certain players wouldn't even be in Providence this year. Uh, yeah. has has a lot to do with uh, they have a, an abundance of wealth, and they don't really know what to do with it. Uh, unfortunately for Bolesky, he had a great first year with the Bruins. Last year, he, uh, he kind of faltered. And then uh, this year in training camp, he hasn't looked any special. And uh, his contract is probably going to keep him on the roster when uh, a player like Austin Zarnick or Danton Heinen can play and be ready to play right now. It's a shame. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, at the same oh. time, when we when we were talking about Gabriel, sorry, sorry. Um, like I, I think honestly, Gabriel earned a fourth line spot. But the fact is, do you want to put a twenty year old kid? on a fourth line playing limited minutes and a specialized role, or do you want to put him in the top six of an AHL team and let him do what Marchand's done for the NHL team for the past like eight years? Yeah, that, that's, that's I, obvious. I honestly doing the right thing. Yep. Yeah. And I think a lot of the hype actually came because of what Marchand said to the media, how, uh, how much he liked the kids play. Yeah. And, uh, I've and how been... much he reminds himself. I've been hyping that up for about two years now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just I just had the pleasure of watching them in in the WHL, and it was it was just 
fantastic to watch. You can definitely see why uh, Bruins scouts really um, uh, gravitated to his style of play. Um, definitely Bruin through and through. I can't wait to see him, actually. But uh, when we talk about the, the young players and the ones that uh, are gonna about to transition in the NHL and, and, and possibly make a, a, their first appearance on Thursday night, I, I, I honestly said all summer that I believe that there's one spot available. On the, and it was on the left side, and that was definitely going to be Anders Bjork's um, opportunity to shine. And he definitely has, as Court touched on it. He's just, he's just fantastic to watch, and he seems like he can fit in. But the, uh, I, the other sneaky one for me that I didn't see coming was Jake DeBrusque. I, I knew he had all the talent in the world uh, of being a first-round selection that was kind of off the board uh, at the time. But it, 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 it's coming around to... Now people are getting to see more of him and hearing more about him and his challenges to making this uh, the National Hockey League has opened up another spot. So I like the idea of DeBras being on the line with um, with with a, a Krejci, uh, you know, and and Bjork being up on that first line with uh, Marshan and Bergeron doesn't sound like a bad idea either. Not sure how the lineup's going to look on Thursday, but it's good to see that these guys are going to get an opportunity. But I didn't see I didn't see four to five players like many people did, you know, on the Twitter. I, I love their ideas, but it's just you know, it's good to see all this youth on a team, but is it is it is it Let's go all youth now or insert a little at a time. And I, I'm more on the a little at a time because I'm also looking at the, the salary cap and, and contract structures of, 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 you know, where these players are going to be placed and so on. And it just doesn't, you know, one and one doesn't add up to two to me. But I like the Dreamers. I appreciate their, their, uh, their input, but it's just not going to happen this year. Oh, it looks it looks like they're gonna have three rookie forwards um, across the first three lines. Like you said, uh, the first line right wing, second line left wing, and third line left wing look like they're open spots for young players. And with Tory Krug being out for the beginning of the season, probably just a week, it looks like the bottom left deeper needs someone to fill in for a week. So. I mean, it's four players right now, going to go down to three. Uh, three players isn't too bad. I'm glad they haven't gone all out and put about six youngsters in, but it, it could have been could have been a lot worse if they didn't keep on to play uh, keep players on last season. Well, so. well, JFK hasn't made the team yet. No, but it's it's looking a lot like yeah, uh, but with his injury. I could see him spending some time down in the minors to start off, just yeah. solely based on injuries, solely based on um, if you look at what Cassidy did during this preseason, um, the guys like Anders Bjork um, and the, the DeBrusks, they played even when their line mates, soon-to-be line mates, didn't play. He wanted to get these guys game ready. I, I could see him putting JFK down in the minors um, for a bit and then bringing him back up. Yeah, just but- to get him, just give him the ice time. Yeah, but Curley has been uh, on the practice lines with Spooner and um, who was on the right wing for Sp- Nash, Bacchus, Bacchus. So it was uh, it was either they had Heinen and them two, and then 
So it looks like one person is making a debut this season on that left wing. So it's either Curley or Heinen. And then Bileski was paired up all, pretty much all preseason with the fourth line, which is Nash and Achari. So. I, could, I could see Bileski uh, eating a lot of popcorn this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. That. that is true. Um. Well, uh, so as camp goes on, and I mean, obviously the, the preseason games are over. They finished last night with the um, one nothing loss to Chicago. Um. So through camp, some th- uh, areas had to be uh, addressed as it's as, as the team tries to cut down to the twenty three man roster, and um, I was actually. Not shocked, but kind of surprised that Kenny Agostino was waived, and he actually made it through waivers, so he will report to Providence uh, for their camp. And um, I just, I don't know, I, I just didn't see the idea uh, or the future with him with this team. I mean, what was the point of signing him to a seven hundred thousand dollar deal, seven fifty, whatever it was? just to wave him and stick him in the minors. I didn't understand. I mean, I understand the push uh, that he was going to give the uh, the younger players for roster spots, but I, I really didn't see the competition there. You know what I mean? I I don't think it was that at all. I think it was uh, trying to hit lightning in a bottle, just like uh, Marsha Show uh, in Tampa last year. Yeah. or And then Florida, sorry, Florida last year. Um, I really think they thought he was probably going to make this, this team, and they really didn't think that DeBrusque, was going to do what he did in training camp. There's there's Kenny Agostino's spot. Right. I'm telling you, that's where they thought he was going to he was going to key in just because he's got that speed to keep up with uh with Pasternak and Krejci can feed the puck and the kid can score. So they probably looked, "Hey, it doesn't hurt us." It's it's one of those contracts. It yeah. is what it is. Low risk gamble. Yeah, it's low risk, high reward. If he, if he pans out, it's awesome. If he doesn't, put him on waivers. It's here here's the next shocker people. Frank Petrano is probably going to be sent down to the minors and no one's going to claim him. Yeah, well, I, well, with with uh, Agostino, uh, Cassidy said that um, they wanted to go with more speed in the lineup this year, and he d- didn't look to have as much speed as they thought he did. So that's probably why a guy like DeBrusque has beat him out. I mean, he had some nice moments in the preseason as well. He uh, That overtime winning goal was nice, but... And and who was he was pretty much playing in it. That was pretty much an AHL game. That was my only yeah. problem with it. After that game, social media was all over. Oh, this kid's gonna make the club, and I'm like, it's yeah. an, it, all preseason is is AHL. Of, of course, those guys are gonna look good. And that's the sad part when Frank Petrano, who is an AHL darling, looked terrible in preseason. Yeah, yeah. I um, I I had the same. I I wrote an article yesterday about uh the. And it wasn't directed towards Frank Petrano being a bad player at all. It was just more of... Did you Mark? What's that? I didn't even know. I I didn't even know. That's maybe where my segue came from. Oh, that's a good one. But it's... I like the kid. He doesn't doesn't have... He has consistency issues. There's no doubt about that. And he he has a tough time playing a two-way game. And we've all heard me bitch and complain about him before. I'm kind of glad. I'm glad he made it through. The, well, actually, I shouldn't even say that. He's not on waivers. This article that I wrote was not directed at, you know, it was just to tell people that there's an option. 
that this could be an option. And even though he's under an entry-level deal, he's played uh, uh, the maximum games that allow him to to be waiver processed. So I know a couple of people kind of uh, came back at me and just said, you're crazy and this and that. And I was like, well, you can't deny that the option is there. If somebody's going to be if, – if a player is going to show up and, and challenge harder than Frank – then this is an option that could be could be done. So, and if he clears, he clears, which is great. It's just going to make Providence that much more better. And and his unbelievable thirty six goals and and or thirty nine goals in forty three games. So, even though I honestly think the best choice would be is uh, he could be the popcorn boy and he could fit in on on lines come in every now and then because that's what he does. He's he's an energy guy. He comes in and scores a couple goals and then he he goes cold for a bit. Throw Bolesky down in the minors. No one's going to claim that contract. Yeah, and that's my argument again. Everybody says that, but then you go back to Jimmy Hayes. Did this organization, as bad as Jimmy Hayes was, did they bury his contract in the AHL? Nope. No. They seem to. They seem to get off on letting players sit, eat popcorn, and pay them rather than get a guy. I just don't get it sometimes with this organization how it works. I would have waved Jimmy Hayes in a heartbeat. And they kept on hanging on and hanging on and hanging on. It just brings me back to, like, damn Jordan Karan. You know, they just keep hanging on and on. I know. We're probably going to have technical difficulties now. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but uh, the problem with Frank Petrano is for every 10, 10 games he plays, two of them games he looks like a bulldog. The other eight he looks like a chihuahua. Yeah. that That's the whole Frank Petrano thing. Like... He'll go out one game, he'll bang bodies on the boards, he'll skate as fast as he can. The next game, he looks like he can't even breathe. Um, he's just not... He, he can't keep up with the pace and schedule of the NHL. The AHL is so much more different. They play, they don't play the same schedule, like amount of games a week. Um, no, they play three in the weekends. Yeah. And it's... It's one of those things, it just looks like it takes too much energy out of him when he plays every night. When he plays on a consistent basis, his energy levels deplete, and he can't keep up with the players. And I, I would rather have a guy like DeBrusque out there that has shown last season and like like this preseason that even if he's tired, he goes 100%. Like, you... You must have seen him during the preseason. There were a few times where it looked like they double shifted him just yeah. to see what he had left in him, yep. and he still went a hundred percent. Yeah, I get it. The Brusky is going to take those stupid penalties. He's that type of player that it's not stupid penalties, Marshan style, mm -hmm. but going to the net and kind of hanging around the crease a bit too long. You know something's going to happen, and I mean the disallowed goals and stuff like that, it's going to happen for a rookie. But once he learns that the the refs are going to call it at the NHL, they might not do it at the AHL, but at the NHL they're going to call it then. And they've got we've got video review at the NHL level, which you don't really have at the AHL level. It's mm -hmm. it's just all that t like change, total change. He's played one season of pro hockey so far. I'd give him a few more years and he'll be... He'll be far past where Frank Frank Petrano is. Well, I never he's gonna have, have forgot that name. He's going to have a great teacher this year in uh, David Krejci. So, oh, yeah. 
Plus, the good news is he's going to be way better than his father. It's not going to be hard to accomplish, but he's still going to be better than his father. <laughs> yeah. Did you not notice with all the... Uh, I think he's been interviewed more than any other Bruins player this preseason. And he just copes with it so well. Yeah. I... He's got this, like, as soon as he goes on camera, he turns into this media person and can just talk and talk and talk. And then as soon as the cameras goes off, he goes back to normal. It's it's strange. I um I met Jake uh, and Zach Senishin and Cedric Pare outside of the Warrior Ice Arena during the uh, training camp. And got to tell you, all three of them were class acts, especially Jake. Um, very appreciative. Uh, he was he was the one that was doing most of the talking to me. I know Zach's kind of a shy guy, and Cedric, um, he's uh, very Quebec, cool and and you know, I I could hardly understand him, but uh, all night great people, you know what I mean. So yeah, it's I wish just, him the best. Um, yeah, like I said before, it just seems like a totally different preseason this year. Oh, it's very this, exciting. This seems to be. Yeah, there seems to be more media, more attention around however player is playing. It. I don't know if it's because I'm watching it more intensely this year uh, with the podcast and everything, and, uh, but it just seems to be 100% better this yeah, season than it sure. was last season. They're definitely pumping it up, and, and they should. I mean, uh, this Bruins team is, is always ranked in the – and the low numbers when it comes to attention uh, in New England, so uh, and in Canada, yeah, of course, and you know, just I just wanted to see it more media attention to the Bruins. I, I don't, I don't hear enough, you know, and I mean, I have to like that's why I listen to podcasts and 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 about eighty or ninety of them a week because they give me what I need. And I, I can't listen to local radio anymore because they're all all about the Patriots, the Red Sox, the Celtics. There's so much more stuff going on than the Bruins, so I don't I don't even pay attention to that anymore. Oh yeah, to our to our Twitter friends that love the Red Sox and stuff, please don't talk to them about me. I, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't, people. Like, I you know what? Good for you. You guys make the playoffs every other year and you buy World Series. That's awesome. I don't care. It's it's you're, you're a Canadian though, so you don't like. It, it's not that I don't like baseball. I've been to Blue Jay games. I was I was at the Batista game when he hit that home run. It's just baseball's boring, man. Oh, it's oh like yeah. snail. I mean, I, I can watch basketball. I I can't really watch American football anymore. It's turned into a circus show. Right. But uh, I mean, I used to watch American football, basketball, just as much as I watched hockey. But I think all the three major sports in America, which are the football, basketball, baseball—they they seem to be turning into just such a circus. And I'm so glad that the NHL hasn't gone that way. Although it does feel like it with the Olympic-style things recently. But I mean, it, it's the, the same thing with me. I was saying the other day, I'm sick of hearing about the politics. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I don't. It, I, I understand the whole thing surrounding the kneeling during the like anthem and blah 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 and what it represents, but I don't want to hear. Oh, this player said they're not going to kneel. Okay, we get it. Yeah, right. Like, I understand. Yeah. yeah, but it's just it seems like it was something from so far away that some reporters just gone. You know what? I'm going to bring up dead news. 
and make something out of it. Yes. Not it's shocked. Stupid. Not shocked <laughs> at all. Um, Definitely not. So with the, the 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 players that are available for for waivers, if necessary. You got Vetrano, you got Spooner, which is not good. They're not going to waive him. Agostino, which already got waived. They're not going to waive Nash. They're not going to waive Postma, uh, Hudobin. Subban is, a diff- is an interesting one we have to touch on. Schaller, McQuaid, Miller, and Pasta. So you, you obviously know that the people on that list are ones that are probably going to go and the ones that definitely aren't going to go. But the Subban one is very interesting to me, and he's still with the team. Do you think yeah. he's a player? That if he gets waived, do you think that he gets picked up? Just yeah. because he's a goaltender? Oh yeah. no, just because of being a first round goaltender and being a Subban, yes. And I know exactly who will pick it, pick it up, and that will be Vancouver. That's what I was going to think too. So, because Andy. yeah, Jordan plays in the AHL. His brother, I. Uh, Thatcher Demko looks like a goaltender who's about to leave the AHL for the NHL. I believe that if he went up on waivers, Vancouver would take him in a heartbeat. And Vancouver's always known as having the worst goaltending, so that's not a good sign for him. So so when you think about it as a conspiracy theorist, right, do you think the Bruins intentionally held him through camp as this long that they could, if he does get picked up, that this is the way they can wash their hands from him? And, all. I, I, and he's got term. No, I understand that, but I honestly think the reason they did what they did is because a lot of teams, when they get to a certain point in training camp, they're not adding players. Players can go slip through the waiver wire because yeah. they think they the have the team's team. full. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they could walk away with keeping them on this one still just because a lot of teams are not going to pick up guys on the waiver wire because they've already made the decisions on players and they're iffy. They don't want to mess with the chemistry of the team. You just went through telling everybody who's made the club, and then someone gets put on the waiver wire, and you're like, I know I told you you're going to make the club, but now you're not. You know. Right. Yeah. Right. But then, you know, it brings me back to uh, uh, Don Sweeney saying that they're never going to trade uh, Milan Lucic, and look what they did two weeks later. So, I mean, things, yeah, things they, happen. They, need, they needed to trade that turtle. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I honestly, I think a different way, I think there's been no mention of it, so there's a possibility that he will be traded. It's been, for two years, there's been talk of Subban will be traded. There's at some point Subban will be traded. Now no one's talking about it. It'll probably happen. Well, and in, if you uh, think that they've got to wave a guy like Vetrano, why wouldn't they look at another team and go, hey, I've got Frank Vetrano, scored 20 goals in the NHL. I've got Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Subban, who's a first-round draft pick goalie, who might not be at his peak yet, but could be. Are you interested? Yeah. And they'll probably look at the team teams who are going to pick them up on waivers and say, "Look, we'll we'll even send him through. Don't claim him, and then we'll trade him to you, so you don't have to waive him." Yeah. So it it could happen. They could be looking to trade pieces that they would no longer need. Do they need to keep Frank Vetrano if? He's gonna. He's only gonna go to the AHL, take up a roster spot off a rookie, uh, and he's not gonna be needed in the NHL because rookies have made the team. I don't think Petrano's uh, worth much in the in trade value. That's unfortunately the problem. The, the players that we have that are worth something, we're not gonna give up right now because of the young kids. If you look at our the... roster, I'm just 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 Sorry. saying. If you look at the roster, 
you, you, the guys that right now that Sweeney wants to trade would be Belusky and Vitrano. You might get a third round pick. Uh, yeah, but don't forget, what? you know that guy Anders Bjork who's playing top line right wing for us this season was a I fifth understand. round pick. Well, I, I understand <laughs> yeah. that, but, but you're not you, as a GM in the hockey club. You're not going to just that's not the trade you're going to make right now. So you'd rather just keep the asset and hope that they get better. Yeah, but if that guy, if you think that guy's getting picked up on waivers, then oh, I, I mean, why chance? It's it? probably one of those because you'd rather the the young kids play and you got no room for the kid right now. That's why I said that Bolesky would be the smarter choice. I think the reason Agostino got cut so soon was the fact that they thought, well, we've only just signed him. I mean, it does it really matter if we lose him? Whereas a guy like Frank Vetrano who's been here for a few seasons, I mean, it's going to hurt more if they lose him for nothing. Um, it's just one of them. I don't think any of us know what's going to happen. It's just all speculation, but it's going to be interesting to see because no doubt players <coughs> need to be cut because there's too many there's too many players. You can't field an NHL team with this many players, so someone's going down. Just question is who. Well, speak uh, people that were going down and, and sent to AHL Providence. Um, I mean, we might as well just segue this into our goaltending outlook. Obviously. Rask is going to be a starter, and and from the words of it, from the words of Bruce Cassidy, from his own mouth, he's he's really pumping Anton Hudobin's tires for uh, for that backup spot. So <laughs> he also said he hopes he doesn't make him look like an idiot. <laughs> uh, exactly right, right. So I mean, it, it's a total gamble when you when you when you when you play that role because you're not playing every night. So we'll see what happens. But the, the interesting thing about this whole thing and and. Is 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 Zane McIntyre and all the all the the build up I heard on him from certain people on 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 hockey Twitter, um, you know I I I, ba- I basically said that that uh, they're gonna go with the with the contracted goaltender because it just seems like that's the trend where the Bruins are doing they just they really rely heavily on what they have so. Uh, and I mentioned that McIntyre could end up, in, and and I was told no. I heard from from so and so in Providence that he's offered an NHL contract and he will be the NHL backup this season. Well, in no sense. I know, but now this guy is down in the AHL, and and it makes me wonder where this where this person gets this information from. It's just ridiculous. I mean, I mean, I was basically called an idiot because I said that they go with the contracted guy, but. And then, and then all of a sudden, this guy comes out with, um, "Oh, they're going to sign him because I I know somebody down in Providence that told me this." Shit doesn't happen like that, man. So, um, I I, I see I see McIntyre having a solid year, um, you know, like he did last season. The kid was just amazing, but if he has a big year this year, he might walk right into that. Um, backup role because Anton Hudobin will obviously be gone from this team. So, but what do you do with Subban? So Subban is now basically and, and always been since I, it pretty much has been drafted has been some kind of trade chip. You know, I mean, why hang on to him when you got Vladar coming up? And and Vladar to me seems like the real deal. And I just think this kid really needs to uh, to benefit from from a higher level of hockey than the East Coast Hockey League because that. 
and I know Rob, you said something to me on Twitter about uh, the the team is going to be this much more better. I see their additions on the forward are going to be really strong, but still on the defense is kind of lacking a little bit. But yeah, they didn't sign a single defenseman right so season. So they don't need to. The, the The plethora of kids we have is unreal. Right. Yeah, but as I've said. I don't think the Bruins will want one of their young kids in the ECHL when, at the moment, it seems like a goon show. Oh, I no, mean, but, but yeah. the Providence Bruins next year are going to have one heck of a defense. Yeah, oh, yeah. Can't wait to see um, this. Better than Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what do you guys think about Ryan Spooner? He's got something yeah, to prove this year, huh? He's played well. Hasn't he also put quite a bit of muscle on? Yep. I, I heard from someone that he's put quite a bit of weight on. I talked to, so, um, uh, you're going to have to uh, help me with this name, uh, Court. Uh, Mick Caligo, uh, I can't say his last name. Calango? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my brain is not working right now. Yeah. I, not, uh, yeah. He writes for a paper on the South Shore, and, and he's a great person. I met him at training camp, and he mentioned the same great thing. Writer. Yeah, he's a great writer, too. Um, he mentioned the same thing that Spooner definitely put on some some muscle, and you could definitely see that in camp and and obviously in game action with uh, his appearances in this preseason, um, throwing the body around, which I don't normally see a lot, but uh, he's definitely making contributions in other areas of the game, which which obviously uh, increases his value um, as a player as a member of this club and. Um, He's got an audition year. I mean, if he has an explosive year, do you do you do you spend some of that available cap and lock him up for another year or two and just uh, you know kind of do the Tory Krug um, year to year, see how we do um, deals. Oh, and P.S. Mick, if you are listening, you are allowed to butcher my last name. No problem. <laughs> but, Free reign. I think. Uh, he, I think he he just. Like he was interviewed at camp and said to one of the reporters that his main focus during the off season was to make himself a better two way player. He understood what his role will entail being a third line centre. It's a shutdown role. He needs to be better on both sides of the puck. Um I know he's he mentioned that he'd put weight on because he knows that he needs to be healthier. Uh and he's Someone said that his skating's improved even more than it was, which is ridiculous because his skating is unreal. That's the, to me, that's probably his best quality is his skating. Um, and I think, again, you'll probably see him get power play time this season. Uh, that's where he's been most effective recently. But look at a guy from Toronto, Nazim Kadri. Um, oh. He was. He was never a shutdown player in his first few seasons, never really a two-way centre. Uh, and when he realised that he had to become that player, he took the off-season to do it. And I know last season people were ranking him really high up because he was shutting down the best of the best in the league. He's my favourite uh, player on the team. Yeah, and if if Spooner can do this, not only does he gain a contract with the Bruins, if that's what he wants to do, but he also gains trade value if we if he doesn't want to re-sign with us 
there's value there to get something back, and we don't just lose him for nothing. So, well, if we're if we're in a playoff spot, come yeah. trade deadline, he is the movable piece solely yeah. based on contract. Unfortunately for him, yeah, and I think the Bruins will be hoping that inside the Bruins organization some defensemen will step up from the juniors and be available for the playoffs if not look at them to add at the deadline because if it happens like last season again and defensemen start to go down in the playoffs kiss goodbye to the second round because that's what killed us off last year uh, Lozon looks like he can come and uh, play some minutes he'll play some, play some time with the Bruins this year he won't make the team but uh, he'll play some minutes and well, wasn't wasn't Zaboral and a few others called up for that game in Chicago the other day? Yes, they were. Yeah, I know that was a weird thing on Twitter because some guy randomly tweeted it, didn't he? That no one, uh, I think it was one of the usual suspects for saying stuff that doesn't actually happen. <laughs> uh, tweeted it out and then. Everyone called him out for it, and then about three hours later, it actually happened. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. But um, yeah, it's good. I think it was Jordan Swars, uh, Zaboral, and one other person. I can't remember who it was. Ryan Spooner. But, uh, so, but it's good to see them get like a last-minute look. Yeah, the Bruins. So, I mean, Zaboral's had. A good preseason and camp. So yeah, I, I thought he's been good. solid uh, in 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 his summer summer events, uh, summer workouts. I thought he's been really solid, um, working on a lot of his game to that pro level because you know he's eligible for the American Hockey League. This is going to be a huge step for him in his development. So, um, uh, talking about defensemen coming up, um, obviously uh, a lot of people know. Uh, that the Tory Krug suffered an injury during the preseason, uh, took a puck to the face, I believe, and 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 uh, did some pretty nasty damage to his jaw. But with that being said, I gonna... remember people, remember people on social media called him a pussy for it. So uh, that was awesome. Oh, that's what a shocker. Um, but um, he's going to be out for three weeks, which is obviously going to carry into the um the regular season when the injury happened. So. My question to you guys is, um, is, is via social media and the conversations that you hear and, and, and uh, professional interviews with players and, and everything, who do you see stepping in for Tory Krug that uh, could come up and, and play those minutes, that, those needed minutes that he plays and, and, and kind of the balanced offense on the defense that uh, he, he provides? Well, the good news is, yeah, I was going to say the exact same. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I didn't know you were going to speak. Oh, that's okay. No, no I, I, yeah, go. It, it's it's got to be Grizzly. I mean, he brings the same game that Tory Krug brings. Uh, his passes in the preseason were unreal. Um, that guy can hit stick to stick, like tape to tape, from anywhere on the ice. Collegio, sorry, Mick Collet. I got, I got the last one. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Court. Yeah, uh, but I mean, his vision is great. Um, his power play is pretty much the same as what Tory Krug does from what I saw of him in Providence last year. Um, I think him being on the bottom pair 
with um, McQuaid, probably. Um, uh, it, it can't hurt the Bruins. Um, he brings a really good game. I think he's the guy to step in. If, it, if it's not him, maybe Zaboral, but I'm, I'm doubting it. I think Grizz has it locked down from the interviews that I've seen and reliable sources on Twitter. Uh, it looks like it's him. And it's only going to be a couple of weeks. It's not that, uh, not that big of a deal. Right. Uh, and it's a great eye test for a guy like Grizzlick. Seeing him in actual NHL games. I think the person that will serve the most pressure out of this whole thing is uh, McAvoy. Yeah. Yeah. He will see the most pressure. Right. Bar, bar none. See, I, I like I like the idea of Grizzlick being called up and, 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 and filling that position to get him looks again. Um, but for me, the guy in the kind of player that stood out to me is obviously on the on the bigger side is Ogara. Uh, I thought he was did pretty good in his um in his in his training camp this year and has looked pretty solid in the um in the preseason games that he did appear in. Uh I could see him I, I I'm not sure if if Zaboro would be ready for that just what quite yet. I think Zaboro's going to get games, but it might be later on in the season. But um, you can't, you know, you can't hold out Ogara. But I do like the Grizzlick idea. I mean, he's definitely shown that he's playing a bigger game. He got a taste of the NHL last season. I think he got what two or three games. So he and he's de- a McAvoy's buddy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. They they played. I believe they played together one year because uh, obviously Grizzlick is the older gentleman. So. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure if they were roommates. I, I maybe that might be just a rumor, but. Um, no, I'd be good. Good to see him get get some time. I mean, there's still a lot of defensemen down there that that could be ready at any moment. But um, I just realistically seeing somebody like Ogara who has the size to do it. I mean, Grigslick is a good fast player, but he does he um pretty much have that size of a of a Tory Krug. And but you my, know what makes Mark, me I laugh did, so I much. did agree with you, and I got made fun of for Ogara. I got lambasted on social media. Oh, it's the eye test. I mean, if, to me, Ogara is just, and you know, the Bruins like that. You know, Cassidy, Cassidy had him down down in Providence um, a while, uh, and, and has seen you know some good things from him. So I think that he, he gets a solid fucking look, you know. But do you know what makes me laugh so much though? What's that? No one's even mentioned Paul Postmas starting this. And well, I had I had him as the seventh. The, yeah, I mean he's the seventh, but no one said, "Oh, well, he's going to be in for Tory Krug, and we're going to bring a guy up to sit on the top floor." No, it's whoever's coming up is going to play, <laughs> and Postman's going to sit. But the the other funny thing is, why did we sign Postman? When we had a guy last season in the AHL that far surpasses Paulsmer in Alex Grant, why did that uh-huh. guy not get made a seventh defenseman? And they signed. I have no they, idea. And they, yeah, hold on, hold on, because he's got the Kenny Agostinos in him. He's he's an AHL guy. That's all he is. Sorry guys. Uh, and they I, signed I Tommy Cross. They signed Tommy Cross over Alex Grant, which I prove, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. That's all I gotta say. Well, hasn't he gone to play in Minnesota this season? Grant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. It, it's, it's, sorry, and, he's gone to play in their minor league system or with their NHL team? I, I think he's with their uh, NHL team. I will double check. I didn't see him in the cuts, and if he was in the cuts, he would have had to go through waivers because he's played in the NHL before, so... So, but, uh, um, yeah, how about, uh, go ahead, sorry, Rob. go ahead, Rob. Oh, I, I was just going to say, um, it, it's funny to see the defensive battle when there's so many prospects you uh, could reel off. Alex Grant waved by wild. No, so uh, he's waved. Well, still Sept- September 27th. He might be back. Be Who knows? Possibly, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, no one, cl- no one claimed him. That's, yeah. oh, well. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not poo-pooing your. It's just I never liked that guy. I hate Tommy Cross too. I think he's a he's a bag of garbage. But um, it's what it is. To be fair, none of my ideas make it to the NHL level. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, no, that's, I, I am. True. I'm zero for two so far. Oh and yes, you did, Kenny Augustino. You know that. No, I I uh, called the Tommy Cross as a seventh defenseman. Uh, was that more spite, though? <laughs> I just thought he deserves to put some weight on eating popcorn for so long. Hey, fair enough. Nice. Popcorn is yeah. good. Not much can slow him down more than he is. So, and that's not. I I like Tommy Cross. I think he's a good player at the AHL level. I just better than think, me. I think he should have been let go and let the kids take over on the defense. But that's just me. Well, that that is a segue into um, my next conversation about uh, Bruce Cassidy. And Bruce Cassidy does have favorites, um, and Tommy Cross is definitely one of them. So you can definitely see the the you know com- the matchup that they have, um, and 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 to be with this organization for another year at least, and and possibly uh, go into a you know. A coaching role in the future in the Bruins organization, which is not a bad thing. But um, when you talk about Bruce Cassidy and and players that might be slowing down, I did notice, and I mentioned this on another podcast. Um, I think it was the Spoke B podcast that um, Cassidy was really laying into players. Um, a lot of people didn't hear it, but I I certainly paid definite attention when I heard Bruce talking, and um, he was really on some younger players to get their game up and and, and you know to step it up a level. Uh, do you think that his stern attitude with with younger players and and willingness to get better behind the bench uh, as he approaches a new NHL season, do you think this is going to be a different team? Um, any 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 changes in your predictions from over the summer? Um, well, sorry, Rob. Go. Sorry, no, okay. you go. I always go first. Sure. No, that's why I don't know why I spoke, um, to be totally honest with you. I, the only thing is, the thing about uh, what I like, what Cassidy's doing, the thing Julian did, Julian said nothing and just didn't play the kids. Um, at least Cassidy's giving them some direction and, and calling it like it is, instead of just letting the media run wild in, in Massachusetts and, and make these kids feel like crap. He's like, hey, it's not it's not this, it's this. This is the reason why I'm, not, I'm frustrated, and this is what he needs to change. Plain and simple. And the way he actually said it was that he was disappointed that later on in games, the younger guys should be like the guys creating energy out there. 
Uh, and I think this, I'm pretty sure that quote was after the Flyers game. And I think it's the fact that David Krejci had to fight Nolan Patrick. <laughs> yeah, which think, is a joke. Which is a yeah, joke. And which David Krejci, I'm pretty sure he had a broken nose after that. Did anyone see the interview afterwards? I didn't. No. I didn't see it. His nose was pointing a completely different direction than it was before the game. So I'm pretty sure he has a broken nose. Um, but that was the biggest joke I've ever seen in preseason. Uh, I don't know why no one bothered going towards Krejci and backing him up. Um, Nolan Patrick seems like a piece of garbage. Uh, I know David Krejci said that he took it way too far, crossed a lot of lines, and that's why he dropped the gloves with him. Um, didn't say what he'd said. So, And, and with David Krejci, it's got to be something bad. I mean, you don't usually see that guy drop the gloves. Right. But I, I just I like the fact that Cassidy's calling guys out. He's saying that, look, you guys are younger. You have more energy in you. You should be the guys going to the boards, fighting hard. Not dropping the gloves. You don't have to drop the gloves, but creating a bit of spark out there. I mean, I know he, it seemed like he called Vetrano out for kind of just... I, I think Vetrano probably thought that he was a lock in this season and kind of strolled through camp. And it seems like we're hating on Vetrano way too much, but... Um, it's just him. one of those things. He is one of those guys that just seemed to, like, not... He didn't go up to full gear like some of the younger guys did. So... Nice. Speaking of young guys, how about uh, Jack Stadika? Uh He's had a, a very good summer, uh, drafted in June. Uh, great uh, development camp, in my opinion, uh, and a solid... Uh, uh, main rookie camp that uh, he showed up at, so he's got some um, some work to do going back to Oshawa. But uh, going back and signing uh, a three year entry level deal is is, is uh, exciting for him. And um, Oshawa, Oshawa, sorry, um, or dirty dirty schwa as we call it out here, <laughs> dirty schwa, Oshawa. But uh, uh, we can talk about Jack Stanika a little bit in uh, the first. Uh, prospect Bruins prospect report of the season of the 2017-18 season so uh with the uh national I'm I'm sorry the NCAA college hockey um is starting today but a lot of these games are uh, out of conference games and more or less like preseason games so uh we'll have more um to talk about in the prospects uh, in the NCAA ranks uh, next and week. I will conveniently be going to see this young lad in a couple of weeks. Right. Uh, so I'll have more NCAA hockey to talk about next week. But uh, in the OHL, Jack Sunika, uh the Oshawa Generals, uh, has seven points in his first four games uh, since returning to the Gens. Um, his first game of the season against the Sudbury Wolves, he scored uh, two goals and had two assists. Uh, and is currently on a four-game point streak. That uh, was a great game to watch, um, and that's when I figured out that I lost um, my feed for all hockey. So I really haven't much. I haven't watched any um, junior hockey since uh, that happened. So I'm kind of disappointed in that. 
Do you want me to just put a camera up to my TV? Yeah, thanks, jerk. Uh, <laughs> uh, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, Cedric Pare got his first points uh, last night in the four games that he's uh, appeared in. He had a goal and an assist uh, in the 6-4 loss against Markton. Uh, WHL, um, Daniel Bukak, uh, the Brandon Wheat Kings, uh, is injured per uh, Brandon's son sports writer, Perry Bergson, uh, the 6'5", 205-pound defenseman, uh, has an injury that he sustained during the offseason. And that is the very quick Bruins prospect report. I gotta freshen. Up. I gotta freshen up on that, man. That was a hack job. Uh, it's it's been a while. Yeah, I know. It definitely has. I know. Moncton, Moncton. Hey, listen. I'm from I'm from New England. You don't understand hey, what I'm. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Hey, I can say Wabbit just as good as the rest of them, and Green Monster, but I can still say Moncton and Oshawa. Yeah. We don't correct you on some of your English. I would appreciate it if you did. <laughs> I'm just not quick enough to catch on it. But yeah. whatever. Um, I think that's going to do it. The uh, let's We're going to start doing predictions. So uh, there's only one game this week before our next show. So I, I, I'm going to say win. I'm going to say – no, I, I'm not going to call the score, but I'm going to say a big win at home to start the year. And then we'll get into some uh, some some differences uh, when when you get like two or three four games a week. So, what are you saying, Rob? I'm going with a loss for the first game. I I think it's going to happen. It, there's quite a few new faces on the team. Um, I think they're going to lose, and I think fans are going to call out McAvoy. Oh. Mm. In game wow, one, a new beating horse. In mm. game one, <laughs> I, I, I think he's gonna like fall over, and someone's gonna be like, "Does this guy even play hockey? What is this?" Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> rah, rah, rah. He did yeah. that in his first game. Well, yeah, but uh, did it with style. So yeah, fair enough. If you get style points, everything's good. Court, what do you think? I'm gonna go along with Rob, but I'm gonna have a twist to it. We will get a point in the game. All right, Ooh, this, all is just, this is just win-loss because these are all going to be... No, um, no, you, you, no. Now you're changing the rules. No, no, I didn't. This is win-loss. Okay. So, so what happens is every week I'll add wins and losses to the total Ooh. and we'll get to the end of the year. So there's no... I, I can't... I can't. I'm not going to do the, you know, the tangibles with points and so on. But it's just, a, you know it's what? just an extra column. We've got to do it. We've got to do it. How many wins and how many losses each week? Not like, do you think the Bruins will win against this team? No. You just got to guess uh, how many wins right. and how so, many losses. So you you look you look at from yeah. Sunday to Sunday the games in between, and then that's it. You just say uh, three and one or two and two. Well, me and Court are tied at one apiece already. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're jinxing the first game already, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're, right. we're going to win. I, I called a loss. We're going to win. It, yeah, same oh, so just, You guys are doing the reverse, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say that we lose all 82 games this season. Good idea. Hey, b- before it's we before we end this... 50-50 I do, chance. I have to give a shout-out to... Um, uh, um, a faithful listener that 
has officially gotten us our show into a new ca- it's a whole whole new category. Uh, you got to give it out to sh- uh, to listener Jen. She listens to us from the Mile High Club. Uh, it was, and I'll explain. She sent me a picture of a cockpit, um, a plane cockpit, and says, says that she yes, listens. She listens to us um, while flying back to Florida. So I thought that that was really cool, and I had to give her a shout out for that. Um, I was going to say we don't want Mile High Club and cockpit in the same <laughs> sentence. It's not good. No. <laughs> All right. We need uh, information on this. No, I'm joking. Nah, but but yeah, fun. that that is amazing. I wish I could do the same thing. Right. I mean, the only time I go out of my house is to go to work, which is two minutes down the road. But I'd love to fly those two minutes. Yeah, right. That'd be I mean, wicked cool. That'd be amazing. But, nah, it's just it just uh, adds adds to the really cool thing that we're doing because you know we we have you know Dan that listens in Japan. We have people in Australia and Austria and all kinds of places that listen to us and 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 give us feedback so and that was pretty you know cool. what i want to see i'm gonna call something now right every fan who listens to this to the end which i know there's quite a few of you do because we always get oh what was this at the end of the show um we want to know your game day rituals so i want a picture sent to twitter to the black and gold pod just show us if you either wear a jersey do you put some on the TV? Do you have a bobblehead that goes somewhere? Like, uh, I want to see what your game day ritual is. And I think we should do the same if any of us do have a game day ritual. I do. Right. I have one. I do too. And and I'll definitely tweet it out. So that's a great idea, Rob. Thanks, man. That's, yeah. uh yeah. And, and we'll definitely do all the retweets and everything. And I'll have to post a video of my game day dance. <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah. No, you yeah, I'm not joking. I only dance when there's a goal. Oh. So I'll have to try and somehow videotape that there at one o'clock in the morning and try not to wake anyone. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to end it. We are at an hour, and I thought that was a – we got through uh, 10 topics, which I thought was amazing to get everybody up to speed for the – 2017-18 season that starts on Thursday against the Preds. Um, thank you for Four listening. Four days to go. Everybody, Come yes, on. I can't wait. Thank you to all our patrons. Um, we continue to get awesome, awesome contributions to help cut the costs. And if you'd like to, please go to the website and uh, contribute at least a dollar to the show as we continue to bring you uh, some good old hockey talk. Um, you can find us on iHeartRadio now and the Grandstand Sports Network, which are always two good, fantastic outlets, um, and also on the many other different outlets like Apple uh, Podcasts and Google Play and Stitcher Radio. So uh, please, uh, if you do happen to listen to us on Apple uh, Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it, please leave us a, a rating and, and a comment. We'd love to hear uh, the good, bad, and indifference of our, our show as we continue to get better and provide you um, most up-to-date Bruins news on a weekly basis. So thank you very much, and uh, go Bruins. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at Black and Gold. 
277-at-Court-Lalonde and at Rob40Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.